0: Hello everybody out there in podcast land and all points in between and on a spaceship going to Mars. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad you're tuned in today because you're gonna have a great time listening to this interview. I've got Neely Brosh, the amazing guitarist. She is just awesome. If you haven't heard about her, you need to check her out. She's got two new singles, song for hope and lavender mountains in a video and hopefully she'll have a new album coming out pretty soon uh she's been working with danny elfman and cirque du soleil and uh, we're going to talk about her career and so much more I had a great time talking to her and uh yeah you're going to enjoy it and you may have a new favorite guitarist after you hear how good she plays but here she is here's neely brush Hello. Hello. Is this Nilly?
1: Yep. How's it going?
0: Good. Hey, I, I didn't know who that was they was calling. It said Boston. I thought it was the Celtics. They wanted me to help them out. Yeah.
1: yeah you just... know, you made that half-court shot, so now you got to be on the team. <laughs> that's what it is. I, that's it. That's what it is, right? They,
0: they just now figured out that I'm a good player it, after all these years.
1: It happens. Hey, you never know when it happens.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, it took 40 years? No uh you know, <laughs> well, so you doing okay
1: yeah i'm good how about yourself
0: doing good all right let's get started here um and uh but you've got you've got two new singles out right
1: yes i do
0: and song for hope and lavender mountains so what's what's the connection with those two songs
1: so i mean they have several i i feel like to me, they're both pandemic tunes, as much as they may not sound like it. Um, they were both somehow written pretty early on in the pandemic, and I've kind of thought about that for a while and tried to figure out how come they have both ended up sounding so uplifting and kind of triumphant, but I think it was born out of the the need for hope back at that time. So again, that goes back into the titles. And then, you know, they're meant to be heard uh, with Song for Hope first, and then Lavender Mountains, uh, not so much to be connected as one long piece, but with Lavender Mountains having such a long intro, it kind of connects going from mellow solo guitar and going through this transition into the eventual kind of triumphant uh, melodies of Lavender Mountains. So kind of feels to me like a like a journey that we've all been on and I feel yeah. safer saying that now that we feel kind of on the other side.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't want to jinx it. You know, enough. tomorrow. It's I know like I, I've been
1: doing all these interviews and I'm like, Oh yeah, we've come full circle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> then they dropped the bomb the next day and it was, no, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, so, um, yeah, those songs, so I've been listening to them and very relaxing know and I've been, oh, good. i'm good i mean, glad. i'm just you know and, and you can play like pretty much any kind of style so i'm thinking man you go from you know playing with fire you know and it and then you <laughs> play <laughs> this relaxing song it's like oh so i mean so how do you decide you know you know i guess because of the just the idea of what we've gone through i guess you wanted more of a relaxing calm kind of a, uh, sound that right
1: I guess so I mean for me it's it's always kind of the result rather than going into writing with the particular I need to write this kind of thing in mind necessarily but it's more what I hear in my head and what happens to come to me and then I try not to judge it or turn it into something that doesn't Feel like it should be so i kind of try and let the music drive the wheel so to speak and and hopefully land on where i think it wants me to go so the rest is just kind of like a like i said a result of that and that's where we ended up to be you know right. um
0: the uh the song for hope though it, it's got that and i was trying to think of what it reminded me of it kind of reminded me of like remember the uh, van halen uh 316 when he was doing mm. kind of like that kind of thing you know kinda oh well
1: that's that's a huge compliment i really appreciate that thanks
0: uh and also i was listening which i'm i'm a guitar player i have to give myself a plug but nowhere like you you know i'm i'm this little gnat <laughs> compared to you no but uh the other song the lavender mountains it, you know another guitar player who i love uh, Neil Sean, it kind of reminds me of a, mm. something that Neil Sean would do. Have you ever played with Neil?
1: No, I mean, that would be an, an amazing honor. I love his playing and stuff. But again, like those are compliments because I, I associate those players with a strong sense of melody and musicality brought to the to the voice of the guitar. So I appreciate it.
0: Well, how does that, you know, when you're writing a song, uh, I know certain words convey a special feeling and things like that, but how do you project that feeling from your fingers to a guitar? If that's what's on your mind, how do you, how do you do that?
1: Well, for me, the process is more hearing the music in my head first, or at least the, the hook melody parts of it, or some arrangement ideas, et cetera. Um, And I like to write sort of away from the instrument in that sense, because I feel that it really, reflects what I'm really hearing and what I'm really thinking and it's not distracted by all the gymnastics that you could do on the instrument I feel like that could be a really quick way to bastardize that so once I have a more solid idea of what I want from the song or what it needs I feel easier about bringing that set of ideas to the instrument and not feeling like I'll go and just ruin the whole thing
0: (laughs) Yeah, hey, I don't think you can ruin anything. Oh.
1: Well, that's very that's very kind, but you know, it's very easy to overplay, yeah. and it's very easy to hide a good melody with overplaying because you can. You know, it's I always say it's it's a lot harder for vocalists and for. Horn players, for example, or anybody who has to breathe to play their instrument, it's a lot harder for them to overplay because they literally can't. You know, at a certain point, they're going to pass out. They're not going to be able to fit more than a certain number of notes into it. But for us, (laughs) we don't have to stop ever. Yeah, right. (laughs) And And so we don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Speaking of not stopping, I mean, do you you carry your guitar around with you everywhere you go and you play all the time? Or is that just...
1: not really I mean I feel like I play a lot but it's more that my life revolves around it so much of the time now but I'm not I also you know when I'm home I don't really go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> hey. so it's easy to have a guitar around wherever yeah. I'm at I guess but uh I know the feeling. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah I haven't gone anywhere since the 80s hey but uh you know, I mean,
1: we're not. I don't really feel like we're missing out. I go to concerts sometimes when I have time and I and it's someone that I really care about seeing. But other than that, I don't really feel like I'm missing out on all that much.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just it's all about what you want to do. You know what makes you happy. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, but playing. You know, to, talking about overplaying and things like that. I mean, but you you've got all these skills. You don't have to play. Uh, really fast like like we're talking about in that song you can play something really uh slow and and calming Mm. and it 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 means just as much as something that's really you know fast and uh progressive
1: well thanks I, i would hope so you know to me it's just it's music it doesn't really matter what form it ends up taking it's it's all music at the end of the day and so i try to treat it as such if it ends up falling into this past proggy whatever, then good for that song, you yeah, know. Right. <laughs>
0: you just let it go, and you know wherever it goes, right? Just exactly. What um, and you you play Ibanez guitars. Is it? How did you yeah. play on those guitars? And why did you pick those as opposed to like a Strat or a Les Paul or something?
1: Well, I mean, I do love a lot of other instruments like strats, for example, and I've played a bunch of different instruments growing up and figured out that it might be a good idea to try to get my hands used to all types of different necks and instruments and things. Um, And then eventually, I mean, Ibanez was a brand that I was a fan of in general because a lot of my favorite players used Ibanez, and it seemed to work for them, and it seemed to work for a certain... Type of playing and type of sound, and it also turned out to be a more versatile brand. And just specific guitars in general are more versatile than I think are given credit for. So for me, it just ended up connecting a lot of dots in a way that just made sense. You know, it just it made sense for me as a musician, as a fan, as a player, and uh, and they've always since provided what I've actually needed to as a tool to go out and do the work and so with all those things it's kind of hard to uh argue with <laughs> yeah. as much as i i like i said i like all kinds of different things but if it ain't
0: broke don't fix it i guess so. that's right um so how did you i know you were born in israel so how did you get mm-hmm. from there to <laughs> boston and then what in las vegas you've been around yeah. you've been around, right?
1: I know, right? It's kind of crazy. I feel like I have so many homes, but, uh, so my family moved to the Boston area when I was, I had just turned 12. Um, and obviously it was a big culture shock, but I was, I was all up for it. I didn't know. I don't know that that necessarily means that I was ready for it, but I was, I was up for it. Obviously it was a, harder transition that anybody could have necessarily uh, prepared me for. Uh, But I'm definitely grateful for it. I've made a lot of good friends. I went to good schools. I had a really good suburban upbringing. You know, my parents tried to give us all the the best of all the everything. And I'm super grateful for that. And then that kind of led me to go to Berklee College of Music. And then from there, start my career. And that ended up taking me to the west coast and eventually vegas
0: so you were talking in about, a
1: pinch <laughs> oh yeah
0: just like that you just you blinked your eye um
1: uh, yeah that's what it feels like <laughs> even though it was like you know i remember when i started high school like i literally i don't know what i thought i really thought that was not going to end i don't know if i thought that because i guess there were always talks about us moving back to israel or I don't know. I just did not see the end of that four years. I was just oh, like, that's okay. just like not gonna happen. It just seemed like the longest possible stretch of time to get through. And now you look back four years and you're like, that was yesterday. <laughs>
0: well, right. well, you so. could you could have you know could have kept failing, you know, eleventh grade or something and been there for twenty years. And... That,
1: oh my god, that sounds <laughs> so much worse. Oh my god, <laughs> she's
0: still there after all these years.
1: But speaking of
0: schooling and college, that Berkeley College, now Mm. how different is that from like regular school? I mean, do you do you bring your guitar to class and you take it to your locker? I mean, (laughs) I mean, how do you how do you how do they teach you like at a at a Berkeley College? It's
1: it it is a lot of that. I mean, depends on the class really and your major eventually uh you could have a major where you're playing guitar all the time or you could have a major where you're never touching your instrument like you could be a film scoring major and never play your instrument again wow. in some cases um so it just again it depends on the class if it's a performance class uh sometimes it isn't a classroom setting where you do have your guitars and you do have a bunch of amps around and stuff like that it just it's a mix of things, some classes are just super classroomy, and also, you know there's something to be said about the fact that I started Berkeley in two thousand six, and it's probably a very different school now, so I don't know if any of my answers are actually current <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. there There'll be a quiz later to see if you pass uh, uh, I'm test. sure uh, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm uh, trying very
1: hard, <laughs> trying my best
0: your your teachers are listening going, go, hey, she's wrong. Oh
1: well, no. Listen, I uh, just—I don't want to give prospective students some (laughs) wrong view of the school based on what I remember. So take it with a grain of salt, I guess.
0: Don't quote her on it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, So before you went to uh, to Berkeley, did you uh, did you play a lot when you were younger? How how did you start playing, and how long did it take you to to develop those skills?
1: Uh, I mean, I feel like developing skills is kind of a lifelong thing, but uh, I definitely, I, start, I started taking lessons when I was very, very young. But back when I was seven, I took nylon string guitar lessons, let's say, and I had a guitar that was like half or three quarters of the size of a normal nylon string guitar because I was so small and I didn't take it very seriously and of course I didn't practice and all those kinds of things but looking back I guess I did have some sort of foundation some sort of knowledge of basic chords and basic reading and basic fa- fundamentals or whatever and so when I was 12 I was really getting more into guitar music let's say and and wanted to play electric guitar and started taking lessons on that and so by early high school i think i was really committed to practicing and truly inspired by stuff that i wanted to play and started you know really practicing for me so again lots of lessons all throughout my life and always been around it type of thing so
0: so however
1: you yeah who were Hmm? your
0: uh influences uh in your younger years i know you're from boston so i know extreme has, right. <laughs> has to be right so, so how so how'd you first hear about extreme and what did you think
1: so the funny thing is that uh that even precedes my time in boston that ended up just being a coincidence that seemed fun for me but um my older brother ethan who's an amazing guitar player he was playing and listening to all this stuff and i kind of was hanging around and thought it was cool and thought that was cool and wanted to know about it. And, and actually was probably introduced to it through more than words, kind of like everybody else. But then my brother started telling me, Oh, you don't even know the rest of the record is so different, but you'll like it, you know, and all that. And then one song at a time, I kind of got hooked on this thing that I realized the rest of that album actually was. (laughs) And, uh, and that started a love affair in, in, um, heavy distortion and funky rhythms i guess <laughs> yeah
0: right same here so, yeah i I remember hearing uh more than words and i was like man it' like the beatles you know i, I thought right i thought the right. whole album was going to be like these ballads and I said, right yeah i can i can dig i can dig that you know and then you yes
1: yeah, oh great i bought
0: the cassette and it was like funky and you know get the uh-huh. funk out no you know and right and decadence dance and all that and i was yep, like man yep but, uh, I know that's, that whole
1: wow. intro to that whole album is like it's just like setting you into a mood that that rest of the, I mean it's such a journey album to me. So
0: yeah, I, I was I was impressed. I, I really liked the the uh, the, next, mm. the next album three uh, three sides. Three sides. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's a great one too. Awesome
0: stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they're still kicking it, still doing. Oh game. my
1: god, killing it! <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's absolutely gotta love it. I'm, I'm glad all these you know musicians are still around playing those.
1: I songs. know it makes me so happy.
0: Exactly. Um, and uh, so, tell me about working with uh, Danny Elfman. How's that been?
1: It's. I mean, it's been incredible. It's uh, hard to say anything else about it. Um, just. I try to soak up all the learning that I can and all the genius that I can as much uh, time rehearsing as we have, you know, Um, but we have more live stuff coming up early this summer. So it's going to be really fun to do that show again. So how
0: did you end up getting that gig uh, with Danny?
1: Um, So a composer named Mikkel Hurwitz went to Berkeley with my brother, actually. Um, Our, our, studio Danny's studio manager melissa mcgregor she had asked him for recommendations when they were looking for a band and and he had put my name in the hat somehow i didn't really know him that well or even like i mean i guess i must have met him but since he was my brother's friend i didn't really know the name and i just got a call to come audition and stuff and and was very uh flabbergasted by the idea of that call <laughs> uh the rest is uh thankfully history i guess
0: yeah that, that's exciting stuff and i know you play like michael jackson songs and things like that too right, right? that's yeah, yeah. really amazing i was watching a video and i think you were playing like the national anthem at a hockey game right yeah playing the, the, uh the beat it solo i mean mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I know it's it's something to think about you know i know it probably makes you think about michael jackson how cool would it have been to play with a guy like that right um so right who who are some uh people that you have thought about you'd like to play with if that you, that you haven't played with before
1: uh i mean there's there's so many that would be incredible uh i i, I have like a lot of <laughs> not random answers, but answers that are kind of for different reasons and that are musically different. But the two that come to mind that are musically very different from each other, uh, Devon Townsend and Cher. Awesome. That's cool. <laughs> we
0: well, gotta make that happen. Yeah, let's make that happen. I know
1: that'd be great. <laughs> That's right. Cher's yeah. got a lot of uh, shows around here in Vegas. Sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm not far away.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, that there you go i mean you know you can bump into her and say hey let's get together let's
1: play. <laughs> i know
0: i mean you know why not you know
1: right uh, um, never know
0: you never know um so uh whenever you're you know playing and things like that um i don't know you're talking about writing this stuff that, that that amazes me too because i you know was thinking about the words and things like that but those uh those little mel you know melodies that pop in your head i mean are they floating around for a while or do they you know just come to you or do you kind of rehash some things you've been working on or how does that work especially like with your newer stuff is that was that something that you've been uh thinking about for a while or?
1: it's kind of all of the above um it's over the years i've heard more of the stuff in my head and the picture's kind of gotten less foggy so to speak so Maybe that's what it is, is that it, it can happen more often and it's a little bit clearer. And then the rest is just kind of a matter of, am I going to just jot this down? And that's usually in the form of a, a voice memo where I'll just sing the idea into my phone and take whatever other notes on it that I can hear at the time. Um, once I do that, it's really a question of, okay, am I going to sit down now and really flesh out these ideas and demo them out and pick out my guitar and do the whole thing and really start working on it? Or am I going to know that this idea came about and now it's, it's there and it's jotted down and it's not going anywhere, And then I can just uh, pull it up whenever it's time for me to like sit down and work on stuff. So it's usually the latter, unless I really have time, but the idea is to just, if you get the idea, Luckily, your phone's never really that far away from us these yeah, days, and you right. can make sure not to lose it because you're falling asleep or taking a shower or whatever else
0: you're doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, carry the guitar, you know, to the shower and Yeah,
1: no. uh, yeah, that's probably not as good of an idea. <laughs>
0: probably, especially if it's plugged up. Don't try it at home. Oh
1: yeah, definitely don't try yeah, that
0: at please, home Please, kids.
1: <laughs> or anywhere else for that matter.
0: <laughs> anywhere that's wet, don't try to plug it. up.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Well. I know you can play, you, you pretty much can play anything. I've seen that. I'm just saying. So you've you, you got all these ideas in your head. You, you've you seen all these different uh, other guitarists playing, and you play in a, a cover of all their songs. So how do you uh, not copy somebody else's with this certain style or lick, you know, if you're when you're coming up with something, when you're so – you know, when you got all these abilities, you know, there's just, just sometimes uh, something you'll play and you'll go, it kind of sounds like this? You know, I mean, I don't know. It, it seems to me it'd be different playing than it would writing a song. I mean, you know, regular with words, you can kind of watch what you're doing, but with notes, it's kind of like in a style. I mean, is there any, you know, way that you see that and you kind of go, I kind of sound like such and such on this song?
1: Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. It's it's really hard to not steal in general because it's a language and it's going to have cliches and it's going to have ideas that are recycled and all those things. You kind of have to find your own voice within them. So it's really hard to never say anything that hasn't been said before or suggested before or interpreted that way it's it's just part of the deal to me so i try not to dwell on that too much but when it comes to the writing if it sounds familiar to me i usually i try to do a good job of of making sure that i didn't totally steal something you know so i'll go back and try to do whatever research i can and be like okay does this really remind me of anything is there anything that i've been listening to lately that i took this from and for the most part, if you pass that test, the music gets to stay, you know what I mean? So it depends. I mean, so you don't always, you don't always catch it in time or you don't always, you know, there's, there's probably a a standard to which you could hold yourself of, you, you can decide what constitutes plagiarism and what does it, you know what I mean? Like it could be pretty close to a lot of people. And so it's, it's really, it's up to the writer. Every case is different, but honestly, I mean, Van Halen stole from those who came before him. Every everybody does. It's inevitable. Right.
0: And then uh, I think Tone Loke stole the uh, little Jamie's crying uh, thing. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah. so so Steve, I calls you ten years from now and says, hey, you know, it's like Ed Sheeran with the with the Marvin Gaye thing. You know, you're like that kind of sounds like that, but you know, you, you're gonna like you said, you're gonna copy something. There, there's there's not enough notes not
1: yeah i I mean and there's there's if you want to talk about the like legal aspects of it there's certain set i mean there's like a number of measures a number of notes that have to be the same exact thing before it could be constitute as stealing like it's it's very it's (laughs) it seems a little weird to put music to that to those variables but i guess if you have to test something out in a legal situation like that then you have to have some sort of rule but uh it leaves a lot to, to play with
0: yeah well what do you think about like the ai creating music and stuff like that do you think that's going to uh, take the place of 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 creators
1: uh, i don't know that it'll ever really take place of the place of a truly good musician i i kind of I, I don't think that even like the best algorithms and the best guessing games of something that's going to sound pleasant to the ear can truly like really get so good that you're replacing the humanness of a true musician. Maybe you will get some good coincidences out of it, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree because I mean it's like there's a the human side. The whole point of it is creating. If you're human, and it's,
1: it's yeah, it's harder, exactly, it's real and, and it's
0: from the heart, you know
1: exactly and so if even if you're going to get something that sounds nice how can you have emotion in something that came from not a human yeah right like it literally can't It's an it came from an inanimate object it's not going to have emotion
0: of course it's going to be so. just dull I, I guess you'll have like r2d2 on stage or something <laughs>
1: well that would actually be pretty cool, <laughs> that would be cool. Hey, that,
0: that's what i was telling somebody the other day i mean yeah. it would be cool i just i think it just needs to be entertainment not like i'm gonna yeah, to, to yeah. this album no, you
1: know what it would be cool if it was actually r2g2 like that's what i'm saying it's like <laughs> if it was r2g2 yeah that's that i can get with but <laughs> we're not gonna see that so
0: yeah. right well, well speaking of of fake and being on stage I, I need you to play for me and pretend that i'm playing and fool a lot of people and we can call it uh nilly vanilla is that oh no, man. no? Okay. Oof darn i'm sorry i'm sorry it's all right it's all right i appreciate it i mean
1: listen (laughs) it was right there right it
0: was just i just had to throw it out there
1: oh man
0: the listeners are going to be dropping like flies after this oh boy man i tell you um so these songs that you've got the new songs are there going to be some more songs coming up
1: yeah i mean they're going to be part of a uh of a full my next full album whenever that is going to be uh that nobody can really say but uh they do feel like part of a bigger story and obviously my writing is not going to end here so to be continued
0: yeah that's that's a good thing it's not going to stop just suddenly no of course not and like you know start weaving baskets or something instead of playing (laughs) (laughs) right right yeah right well, uh, you also you you said you got some uh, shows coming up. What kind of shows? You said you got you got a whole bunch of uh, things happening there. Or how's that gonna, What's going to be happening in the future for you?
1: Well, I got yeah, I have a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, I have some stuff with uh, my original music. I have some Cirque du Soleil shows that I'm doing, um, and then a tour with uh, Death Clock later on this summer, starting with Baby Metal and. Jason Richardson opening. So, I will be playing in death clock and uh doing the very heavy death metal thing awesome. for a couple of months. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: I know you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um and and as far as the future, what do you set goals for yourself like at this age or this time? I want to be doing this or I want to do that or are you just going to take it day by day?
1: Uh I mean, I feel like in this kind of industry, if you're putting yourself on a limit of doing something by a certain time, it's a little, uh, I don't know if it's more harm than it's worth, but uh, I try to set goals, but also be realistic about how everything is. And the fact that it's a marathon and not a sprint is kind of the biggest lesson to me.
0: Yeah. um, And also uh you, you teach guitar, right? Don't you have, like, videos and things like that to show people how to play? I,
1: I do have a bunch of, yeah, instructional things out. Unfortunately, I don't really have the time for much of that these days. So it's just kind of whatever has to take priority right now is the live stuff.
0: Okay. Or or somebody can just stare at your fingers and try to, you know, <laughs> see what you're doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could, be. Or, it slow could it, be. or
0: slow it down or something. I don't know um oh yeah speaking of which just I, I remember uh years ago i was in the front row of van halen 1995 in pensacola florida and there was eddie van halen about 10 feet away from me one of the oh that's incredible greatest nights of my life and i watched wow, him play all those definitely solos, incredible and it just that just that just blew my mind i mean just just to see that so i mean and and just thinking, even guitarists like you, I'm glad you know you're keeping it going. That those just awesome sounds on the guitar are just so amazing. I think sometimes people overlook that. You know, that's it's not only just so much talent; it's just it's a beautiful thing. And I know for me, because I play, it's just it's something that just you never get tired of listening to. Honestly, I could listen to that your music like forever. I mean, I'm just saying, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, oh, thank you so much. And, uh, and I hope everybody uh, gets a chance to uh, check it out. Where can they uh, find out more about you and everything like that?
1: Uh, well, I mean, a bunch of places. Uh, you can go to my website. That's com. So N-I-L-I-B-R-O-S-H. Um, and you'll find all the live dates, all the music videos, my the rest of my music, everything else that I'm doing. Um, and on the socials as well, uh, it's at Neely Brush, uh, on Instagram and YouTube, and then Neely Brush Music on Facebook. And that's about it. Awesome.
0: And, uh, I always, always notice that you smile a lot whenever you're playing (laughs) that. that, That's a good, you know, you're having fun, right? That's That's right. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So I'm just saying that's. That's what it's all about, enjoying what you're it doing. It sure is. Well, it I, sure is. I appreciate you talking to me today, and
1: uh, thank you, Gary. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, I no problem. I'm I'm uh, I'm in awe of you. Let's just say that oh, it's just amazing. <laughs> thank you. I put you up there with Neil. Hey, hey oh, I'm just saying. Well, thank you so much. But uh, that was, means a lot. Well, I, I appreciate you and I hope all the best to you. And uh, looking forward, maybe I can see you out there somewhere one day. I hope
1: that'll be great. Yeah, thank you so much.
0: Well, you have a good day. Thanks a lot.
1: You too. All right, bye. bye.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Music. I appreciate you so much. If you'd like to help out with this podcast, I appreciate it. You can click on the support button, give any amount that you like. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can leave a voice message. Just click on the little button right below. And uh, also, you can reach out to me at GaryCStucky@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and I'll get back with you, and we'll chat, talk about some things. And I'm going to be trying some new stuff and uh, try to do uh, more episodes during the week. Not just uh, interviews, but kind of discussion type, uh, you know, episodes, things like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So tell everybody. And thanks for listening. And always remember to keep the music real.